Hey everyone, this is the ADB IP Group live daily Q&A with Amir and Victoria. We're here answering your intellectual property questions. Any questions that you guys have, please send them Victoria's way. This is episode number 18. We're going strong. We are here to answer any IP related questions, whether it be patents or trademarks, copyrights, trade secrets. Uh, just send questions our, our way and we will do our best to give you complete and thorough answers to your questions. Uh, as usual, we like to start out episodes with Victoria giving us a recap of uh, yesterday's question um, before getting into today's question of the day. Yeah, so yesterday I asked the question, can I file an international patent? And you kind of told us about awesome. how hard it is. <laughs> yeah, and it's very important to keep in mind that there's a 12-month date. So you want to make sure that you get your any foreign applications filed within the one-year period of the earliest priority date. And we also talked about EPO, how the there were such thing as an EPO application that's possible to validate across European countries. And we also talked about the PCT under the Patent Cooperation Treaty, which is another really, really great tool that buys you, instead of 12 months, buys you 30 uh, to decide which jurisdictions to go into. So thank you, Victoria. And uh, what's today's question of the day? Today's question of the day is what is a provisional? So a provisional patent application is is a I would call it almost a tool, but it's it's a patent application that has slightly less formal requirements than a normal non-provisional utility application and is never examined. So a provisional patent application will never turn into a US patent unless you file a non-provisional patent application and claim priority back to the provisional. Some people like to call this conversion or conversion of a provisional into a non-provisional. And some people just, just refer to it as claiming priority back to a provisional. It, it, people have different ways of describing it, but it's essentially, it's a tool to get a filing date. That is ultimately the objective of a provisional patent application is to get an early filing date and disclose subject matter on that on that early filing date. Now, why do people file provisional patent applications? Why would you spend all the money, the effort, the time, and all the trouble in filing a provisional patent application knowing that it's never going to be examined? It's never by itself going to turn into a US patent. Well, that's why I call it a useful tool. So the reason to file a provisional patent application is that you don't have to comply with all the formal filing requirements or drawing formal drawing requirements that a, a typical non-provisional patent application requires. With a provisional patent application, all you need to do is disclose the subject matter and submit a cover sheet, what's called a provisional cover sheet. And then you have to keep track of the date and make sure that you file your non-provisional within one year. Now it's very, very important that you do not that you do not fail to file and convert your application after that one year date. Now, of course, if you decide, hey, you know what? I don't wanna pursue this application. I'll just let it go abandoned after that one year date. That's okay, it, but it should be a deliberate decision. 
you don't want to miss that date. Otherwise, you won't be able to claim priority to your provisional application after that one-year date. So let's back up a little bit. Why is it important to get a filing date? Well, in order to help us understand this, I prepared here a, a small diagram that will hopefully help us in trying to illuminate the importance and value of a provisional patent application. So uh, in the far left, I have in my diagram, I have a marker indicating right here that a provisional application, let's just say hypothetically, was filed today, July 23rd, 2020. Okay. Now, let's just say that you are a company that provides a product, okay, and you believe that that product has a at least has some patent patentable aspects to it. Okay. Now, the reason to file a provisional patent application is so that you'll be able to test the market out and see if the product will gain traction, but also know that your pr provisional application is on file, that your patent pending, and that you have a filing date. Okay. So that's that is why most companies or individuals like provisional patent applications because it gives them essentially one year to file and convert their provisional application into a non-provisional application. Now, if we zoom in here, you you'll see that in one in one year's time a lot can happen, okay? With during this one year period, you may realize, "Hey, you know what? This product actually doesn't sell as well in the market as I thought. So you know what? After the one year period is up, I'm just going to let my application go abandoned. I'm never going to convert it. I'm not going to spend the resources required to convert my application into a non-provisional application. Alternatively, you may realize that your, that your product actually has huge traction in the market, generates tons of revenue, and is definitely something that you want to pursue. So what you'll do then is you will file a non-provisional application before the one-year date, which is in this example is July 23rd of 2021. So now here's the question though, what happens if you say didn't file a provisional? Okay, well, first of all, what's interesting is, is that when you file a provisional patent application, you can still say your patent pending, even though your application will never be examined, you can still hold yourself out as being patent pending. Now that's a really great tool because it shows consumers, investors, and other people that may be interested in your business that you are serious, that you mean business, that you've invested, consider your product valuable and worthy of pursuing patent protection on, and that you're willing to, to spend the resources on trying to protect it. So from that perspective, in and of itself, having a provisional patent application can bring your business value because ultimately it shows that you're serious that you're willing and interested in protecting your intellectual property and that there's possibly something inventive and novel in the good that you're providing to the in the marketplace so again the, a provisional is a good tool because it allows you it secures a filing date so if we had a widget and we filed a provisional patent application on july 23rd 2020 we could then put the widget out on the market claim it to be patent pending and try to gain market traction before we spend the resources on preparing a non-provisional patent application. 
Now let's talk a little bit about the mechanics and why a provisional, why that filing date is so important. I alluded to it earlier, but essentially under the patent statute, once you offer your good for sale, as soon as your invention is offered for sale to the public, a timer starts. And once that timer exceeds one year, you are no longer able to pursue patent protection. That's called a bar to patentability. So the reason why you want a filing date is so that you will be sure to, that you have one year to claim priority back to it. Um, another, another really, really important reason as to why you want a filing date is because we are a first to file system now, not a first to invent. America used to be a first to, uh, first to invent system prior to the America Invents Act. But after the America Invents Act, you are no longer, we're no longer a first to invent system. So we're first to file. In other words, someone else could file a patent application before you, and that would preclude you from being able to pursue patent protection in the US. And what's worse is that they don't even necessarily need to file an application. They could merely just put the similar, the same product on the market before you and perhaps publish a post a blog post on it or publish a paper on their invention. And that would be what's called prior art. And so that's why that filing date is so important. You want to secure a filing date as early as possible. Um, and then I just also wanted to go over what a how to go about finding the a provisional cover sheet form because when you prepare a, a provisional patent application, uh, I'd like to do some follow up episodes on what actually goes into a provisional application. And but but for this particular episode, I, I do want to show you guys a little bit about the USPTO.gov site and how you can find the provisional cover sheet form. So if you go to USPTO.gov and then click on menu and then click on the drop down patents and then click on patents home. You'll then go to a page and you can see this apply for a patent. You can see there's a form button. If you click on the form button, you can then scroll down. There's a provisional patent application section. And under that provisional patent application session section, you will find a cover sheet. And this is the cover sheet that we submit with provisional patent applications. Now, the beauty of this is that what you'll notice is it's really simple. All you need are the names of the inventors and their city and state of residence or the foreign country they reside in, the title of the invention, a correspondence address, and then if you're going to submit an application data sheet, you can, drawings, the specification, and here we usually just put page counts, and then other. For example, let's say you're going to submit additional claims or abstracts. That goes, you can indicate that in the other section. And then all you have to do is assert if you're a small entity or a micro entity, and we did an episode on what status was, I believe, two days ago. Um, and then you check a box indicating whether or not this was for under done in with in joint jointly with the government with a government agency. And for most people, that's probably no. And then all you do is fill out the bottom signature block with your sign your name within slashes. You type and print your name, 
Docket number indicates what number you're using, what docket number you're using to track the application, today's date. If you're a registered practitioner, you put your reg number here and your telephone. So this is really all you need to file a provisional patent application, which is pretty cool. So you prepare this cover sheet. Then, like I said, we'll do additional content on this, but what I recommend doing is preparing a full application. And now this is really, really important. Now, the reason why I, I believe a provisional is actually a tool is because it allows you to informally get subject matter on the record on a certain filing date. So remember how I said you can claim priority back to the provisional as long as you file the non-provisional within one year? Well, it's very important to understand what that means. So in order for you to claim priority back to the provisional application, you have to have you have to have what's called support in the earlier file disclosure. So let me just give you a really, really quick example of what we mean by that. So if we have, if we have a sample, let's just say a, a product, okay, an apparatus that has components A, B and C, B and component C. And in order to claim, and let's just say that this is disclosed on this priority date, then if the same apparatus is being disclosed and claimed in the non-provisional, then there would be valid support in this situation. Now, here's, here's where you run into trouble. Let's say that during the course of the year, you identified a new aspect of the product, you wanna now claim that. So now it has component D. But now your apparatus also has this extra component that, and this component was never disclosed in the earlier disclosure. Well, unfortunately, technically, claims that are drawn to A, B, C, and D don't have the benefit of the earlier filing date. So this is something very important to keep in mind. Um, again, patent law is very nuanced, which is why we always encourage you to work with a patent attorney to try to help you. But just remember, it's about the earliest disclosure date that finds support, where support is found for a claimed invention. So if you're trying to claim A, B, and C, that's not going to be an issue. However, if you're trying to claim, if you're trying to claim A, B, C, and D, then technically you're going to have what are called priority issues and claiming priority back to the earlier provisional could be problematic. So just keep that in mind. It's about when the subject matter was actually disclosed to the patent office in an application. So what does that mean? Well, what I generally recommend is that if you add some component within that year, it's possible that you may want to file a second provisional patent application on component D. So another provisional application that cover, covers A, B, C, and D. Then when you go and file the non-provisional patent application, you can claim priority to both provisional applications. But again, it's very important. In order to validly claim priority, the priority claim must be within one year of the earliest priority date in order to claim all the provisionals in the chain. So I hope this helps you guys understand what a provisional patent application is. 
And I'd like to create a lot more content around provisional applications and what goes into them. But again, they're a tool. They don't have all the formal requirements that a non-provisional application has. And I haven't mentioned them, but let me mention them now. So for a non-provisional patent application, for example, you have to submit an oath. There's no oath required for a provisional application. All you need are what's indicated here, which is the provisional cover sheet, and then a description of what it is you're enclosing with the provisional application. So specification and drawings, for example, are typically what people submit in provisional patent applications. Now, again, what, what's really cool about it is you do not need to have formal line drawings that you would ordinarily need to have in a non-provisional application. In a provisional application, you can submit photographs, sketches, color drawings, drawings that are outside the margin, the uh, drawings that have very small text. There's all kinds of informalities that you can get away with. As long as the subject matter is clearly disclosed, then you can get the benefit of it when you file the non-provisional a year later. So I hope that helps answer your question, Victoria. Oh, Victoria, you still there? Yes, sorry, my mic went out. It does, thank you so much. Oh, all good, all good. Yeah, I think uh, this is a great episode. Uh, provisional applications are, again, they're just a really useful tool. I wanna do a lot more content around this and I think it's a really cool and possibly low cost way to start protecting your IP. But it's really, really important to get across the fact that Provisional applications are not just placeholders. You shouldn't just take a PowerPoint and submit it as a provisional application. You should try to put as much detail into the provisional application as you can. And remember, treat it like a cookbook, okay? You have to describe in detail how to make and use the invention. Don't treat a provisional as, some, as lightly. Don't treat it as something that you can just slap a cover sheet on a PowerPoint and submit. That's, that's a really dangerous way to to look at it, and that's a way that you can get into trouble. So keep that in mind. Anyways, thank you, Victoria. Thank this you. This is episode 18. Again, any IP-related questions, send them Victoria's way, victoria at adbip.com. We're going to have tons of great content for you guys, more and more around provisional applications, non-provisional applications, um, how to make priority claims, how to draft claims, how to draft patent applications, and all the various aspects to it. So thank you. Thank you.